This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, May 18th, 2014. The Ripple Effect Commencements. Good morning, Connection Community Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this day, this gorgeous day that is a gift from you. Thank you that we get to celebrate new beginnings each and every day. Settle us in as we take a look at what all that means in our, li in our life. It's no accident that anyone is here today. You've called them. So we thank you and we give you this time. We set this time aside for you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. So once again, we want to congratulate all the graduates with hard work, hard work. Wow. Yeah. You know, for, for um, some, it's the end of, you know, 12 long years, 13, I guess, because y'all went to kindergarten. I'm so old, I didn't have to do that. But um, graduation, it's the closing out of, of this chapter in our lives in the formal education, the mandatory education that we have to have uh, before we start on the next thing that God has in store for us. I remember my high school graduation, Alan was there, high school sweethearts, woohoo. But, uh, oh. all right, so the commencement speaker for my graduation was Larry Kane, Action News. Does anybody remember him? Who knows Larry Kane? There we go. All couple. right, all right. Couple now, old guys here. I probably would have keeled over if it was Denzel. Mm. Oh my gosh, that would have been awesome. But anyway, Larry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Alan. <laughs> anyway, commencement. We think of graduation commencements to mean endings, but that is not in fact the case because the very word commencement means to begin. It's a beginning, a start, a new start, get new things underway. Yeah. You know, the Bible is filled with commencements. It's filled with um, novel opportunities, new beginnings, fresh starts. Example, Adam and Eve had a commencement after they'd eaten the fruit from the garden. Amen? They had a fresh start. A a Abraham. Abraham had a commencement when God called him to leave his hometown and his family and his father's place and to go to a new land. Moses had a commencement when he was out shepherding his uh, father-in-law's herd of sheep, but then began a new career as liberator of the Hebrew nation after 400 years of slavery under Pharaoh in Egypt. Gideon had a commencement, a new beginning, when God put him in the position of leader of the Hebrew people. Same with Deborah. <clears throat> David had a commencement when he left the sheep behind and with a single stone slew the giant Goliath. Over, over, over again, we see commencements in the stories of God and God's people. And we just celebrated the greatest commencement ever, celebrating Jesus raising from the dead uh, Easter Sunday. I mean, take, talk about a fresh start, a new day, but that would make sense because Jesus is the king of commencements. 
Jesus is the king of fresh starts, new starts, new beginnings. Because when we come and have an encounter with Jesus Christ, our life is never again the same. We have a new beginning, mm. a fresh start. The old is gone, where the new is coming. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Here's an example. You see, Jesus called a man named Peter, who was a fisherman. He owned his own business. You know, he was there with uh, James and John and, his, and their father, and they owned some boats, and they're just going about their own business when Jesus comes along. A commencement. Fishing for people now instead of fish. Life was never again the same for these guys. Or how about that little guy named Zacchaeus? You know, he was a tax collector, and he was making money hand over fist, more money than he knew what to do with. And, but then one day he climbs a tree to give it a better look at this, uh, at this guy named Jesus, the game changer, and, and Jesus invites himself to lunch. <laughs> and, and, and over lunch, things change for Zacchaeus, and, and, and he ends up uh, realizing that he's cheated people, and he decides to return four to one for every dollar he's cheated them out of, also to give half of what his, uh, his money to the poor. Talk about a commencement, right? What a commencement. Another time, Jesus was heading to the home of <coughs> one of the rulers of the synagogue. The synagogue was, was the Jewish church because the ruler's daughter was dying. Well, along the way, Jesus got word that she had, in fact, died. He told them to not be afraid, to just believe. When Jesus arrived to the house, you can imagine, I mean, it was just crazy. And people upset, thinking that the girl was dead, and rightly so. And so Jesus says for her to get up, and she did. Wow a fresh start by the king of commencements, the master of new beginnings. Mm. One of the greatest of Jesus' commencements and one of my personal favorites happened at the town gate of a, of a place called Nain. It was a funeral, big funeral, big crowd of people, but a very tough situation because the person in the casket was the only son of a widow. And so this woman then was alone without men in her life. And in that culture, that was a very tough situation for a woman to be in. Scripture tells us that when Jesus saw her, saw the mother of this boy who had died, his heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. And then Jesus went and did an absolute no-no. He touched the coffin. You know, that made you ceremonially unclean, but he didn't care. He touched the coffin. And when he touched it, the guys carrying the coffin, they just Stop dead. <laughs> and, 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 and this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, young man, I say to you, get up! <laughs> and the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Can you imagine? So I officiated at a funeral yesterday. and Get know, up! <laughs> that would have really been something. I mean, can you... <laughs> Can you imagine the crowd that day? Can you imagine the mother? Can you imagine the son? Talk about an ending which they thought was all right there was a new beginning, a commencement. Yeah, I would have think the guys probably would have dropped the thing. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. These were not isolated inst instances 
in the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. This was the day-to-day norm. This was business as usual for Jesus. This is who Jesus was. It's who Jesus is. And he told us that's who he is. And then later on, others told us that this is who he is, especially uh, the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is what Paul says. He says, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, say it with me. Everything Everything has has become become new. new. I just love this scripture, don't you? The old is gone. The new has come. You see, that's what happens when we have a relationship with Jesus, when we say, okay, Lord, come on into my life. I'm a sinner. I need you. I've kind of messed, kind of messed up. I have really messed up in my life. And so I can't do this on my own. And we get a fresh start, a new beginning. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm telling you, it's the most awesome thing. I hope each one of you are able to experience that because Jesus wants that for all of us to not live dead in that place where we don't have life, but where we have a purpose and a plan. Jesus' love, we call it grace, it's unconditional. It's a free gift. It's, we don't have to do anything for it. We don't have to like do good works or anything. We just say, okay, Lord, I accept that love. Mm. Come into my life, and he will. You might not feel anything at that moment, but I'm telling you, if you just lean into that and you experience it, your life will be different. The old is gone, the new has come. Mm. You know, I've loved every one of my commencements because I couldn't wait to get done whatever school I was in, you know? (laughs) I love commencements, but commencements are challenging, aren't they? And here's why. There's always an unknown factor because the commencement isn't the ending, it's the beginning. There's something new, there's a new page, there's a mystery of the unknown, and that brings a little uncertainty, a little uh, anxiety, maybe even a little bit of fear. Commencements force us to, to leave the comfort of where we've been in order to begin the new, fresh start of where we're going. Theologian uh, Craig Barnes says that when we're in commencement and that involves Jesus... Here's the challenge. We know he's going to call us to some places we'd rather not go. Wow. And in so doing, Jesus will have us leave behind some places that maybe we're not quite ready to leave yet. Perhaps our greatest challenge when we commence with Jesus is that he will have us leave behind possibly our most cherished uh, images of ourselves, of who we thought we were, or even more challenging, who we thought we wanted to be. And so while commencements bring challenge, they also allow us to drop new pebbles in the pond. We've been talking about pebbles in the pond. If, um, If this is your first time with us, This sermon series is called The Ripple Effect, and you can pick up a pebble on your way out. You see, when we drop a pebble in the pond, does it just plop and that's it? Or does it create ripples? And what kinds of ripples are created? Are they good ripples or are they bad ripples? You see, anytime we have an action or a word or a deed, 
There is a ripple effect. But with commencements, we have a chance to put new pebbles to create new ripples, fresh opportunities in our lives to help others, to be game changers in this world, to be the hands and the feet of Christ, the voice and the ears of Jesus. We've mentioned pebble opportunities, ripple effects uh, before. Each time we go to a graduation, we have a commencement speaker, don't we? Yeah. So as I said, mine was Larry Kane. Some of you might have had some awesome speakers, but they're chosen pretty carefully. Usually it's someone a little bit famous, maybe a local famous guy or gal with some words of wisdom, uh, ways to encourage the graduates to make positive ripples. So we gave some thought today, since this is Commencement Sunday, of what our commencement speech might be here this morning. We want to keep it simple, yet powerful, easy to remember, yet meaningful. A speech that would help all of us as we drop pebbles in the pond, help those uh, realize those pebbles would result in positive ripples, Christ-centered ripples in the world. Now, as United Methodist, that's where we are, United Methodist Congregation, we look at the founder of, of, of Methodism is John Wesley, back in the 1700s. He was a, a priest in the Church of England. Methodism was just a movement within that church, but it came to uh, later become, uh, especially here in the United States and subsequently around the world, uh, one of the larger denominations of the Christian faith. Now, Wesley, um, he lived by three simple rules. And that's going to be our commencement address today. Three simple rules, and even though it was the 1700s, those three rules are still valuable and still life-giving for us in the year of 2014. These three simple rules make for wonderful pebbles and even greater ripples in the pond when we drop them. In your program, there is a red card, and it says three simple rules. Take it out. Simple, but not easy. Here we go. Rule number one. What does rule number one say? Do no harm. Do no harm. Now that sounds simple enough, doesn't it? I mean, don't harm others with your actions or your words. But there are times when we do that. And there are times when we unintentionally harm, when we aren't aware of the power of our words and actions and how they can hurt others mm. and those around us. And so while it says do no harm, that might seem simple, it really isn't because we're all guilty of doing harm. Mm. We would say to you, and we're working on this ourselves, to remember the power of words and the power of actions, that they bring something positive and that they do no harm because others react to our words and to our actions. Sometimes we get drawn into that by our circumstance or by those around us or by the situation. And it's our call to continue to do no harm even in spite of where we might be. 
give you an example. The other night, we have a, a softball team here, a men's softball team, and, and they purposely are playing in a secular league. They used to play in a church league, but they're in a secular league because, you know, they want to uh, be Christ representative out there in the world, and that's part of the world. So they had this game Monday night, <clears throat> and, and, and they were playing a team. Let's just say they were a lot, using a lot of language that you probably don't hear, hear on Sunday morning, okay? <laughs> From what I understand, Barry, and uh, I mean it was really, really rough. From what I understand, and 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 they were giving the the umpire a really hard time, and and they ended up winning the first game uh, by a pretty good margin. But you know, if you're not careful, it's easy to let the behavior of others influence you. Maybe not your language, just get kind of in a negative mode, or you know. Um, but but they didn't do that, Barry. McDonald, our coach, yay! Woo! He brings the, the team together between games, and he says, you know, look, guys, you know, remember who we are and whose we are and why we're here. We're here going to represent Christ, so we're going to take the high ground here. We're, we're going to continue to be who we are and, 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 and take it from there. Well, <laughs> we won the second game. <laughs> In overtime. In overtime. In a, but here's, here's the bonus. Here's the double bonus on this. At the end of the game, our team always gathers the guys around together and prays, and they always invite the other team, which is a great thing in a secular league. And that night, four guys from the other team joined them in the prayer circle. You know, seeds planted, our team took the high ground, they threw some pebbles, and we know there are going to be some ripples, right? Yeah, yeah, do no harm. By the way, we're all invited to their games. Their <laughs> schedule is in your program. So, you know, show up, cheer them on. So our first uh, simple rule is do no harm. The next one is do good. Do good. Here are some questions to think about. Where is it in your sphere of influence where you can do good? Where is it? What can you do? What can I do with God's help with the love of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, to do good. It doesn't have to be anything earth-shaking, worthy of the Nobel Peace Prize, but just simple, and we've been talking about this, random acts of kindness. Reaching out to someone who's hurting, you know, send a text or a card or a note, a, a call, give somebody a ride who needs a ride. Here's um, an example for me this week. Um, Thursday was the six-month anniversary of my mom's death. So I was kind of anticipating Thursday in a weird way. You know, I've never had to do this before. And so in anticipation of what I was going through, my daughter Erin and my son-in-law Kyle purchased a purple bead. Now, purple is mom's favorite color. They had done this prior, anticipating that I might have a hard day, and at the end of that day, gave me this as just a, a touch of love. And that just meant so much to me. Now, it doesn't take money to do good, but thank you so much, because that just blessed my heart immensely. Do good. 
um, this morning between services, Barry come up to me and said, boy, do I have an example for you. And he's holding a cup of coffee and a card. Barry, somebody this morning before first service, and it was extremely timely because for whatever reason, you know, not even though I know it looks like everything's absolutely smooth and wonderful and peachy, some days can be more challenging than others, you know, in tech world or in preaching world or whatever. Barry told me this was the absolute perfect day for this to happen. Barry. Thanks for all you do for Youth Connection. We could not lead the, um, the ministry without your efforts, Suzanne and Brian, and a cup of coffee. And the thing is, the, the woman who brought this has two little kids that she has to get ready for church. And having done that back when I was a young dad, let me tell you, that's more than enough without stopping for coffee and a card. You, you know what I'm saying here? So, you know, what an opportunity to just do good. Do good. Rule number three, stay in love with God. Wow. How do you do that? Well, first of all, we've got to recognize that love, staying in love means staying in relationship. You know, in our human relationships, especially when it first begins, love is exciting, isn't it? In last service, I saw this woman. I think they've been married while she, like, nudged her husband. I don't know if she was nudging him going, yeah, or going, yeah. yeah I, don't know, I don't know which she was doing. I'm just saying. But when it first starts out, it's like, yeah, here, you're, you're going to get married soon. You're, yeah, it's all energizing. I know. Now, speaking from experience, now this is the interesting thing. I wrote most of this, but Carrie edited it, and she put this in, so this is what she's given me to say. Speaking from experience, that love changes over time. Now, see, she's feeling it, but she's having me say it. Is anybody, okay? is, is anybody with me on this? Just, yeah, okay, okay, all right. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better, yeah. Get better and deeper. It gets better deeper and deeper. And deeper. See, the thing is, we've made a decision to love. We made a decision, so it's not based on feelings, because this is hard to believe, but some days Carrie doesn't really like me. <laughs> I don't get it, but some days... Some days she doesn't like me, but she still loves me. That is true. Because it's not based on that day's feelings, <laughs> but on the decision that she made, let's just say a lot of years ago. Our relationship with God's like that too. You know, some days our relationship with God is not because of God, it's because that's our fickle nature. Some days we don't like God. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You can, God's not going to put lightning down on you if you say amen. You can say amen to that. Some days we are like to shake our fist at God. Some days we don't like that God came up short of our expectations of what God should do or who God should be. That being said, though, we still can love God if we've made that decision, if we've chosen to love God, to stay in love with God in spite of those other things. 
But how do we do that? How do we, well, it's just like with us, we've got to be in conversation, don't we? And when we're not in conversation, it makes it very difficult to stay in relationship and to stay in love. We've got to talk to God. We call that prayer. Here's the thing. See the ratio, two to one? Listen twice as much as we talk. Listen to what God wants to say to you. Listen to God's wish list and rather than always giving him ours. <laughs> uh, we need to read God's love story to us, the Bible. It's packed full, and, and the more we read it, the more we realize how in love with God we are. Remember a couple weeks ago in the scriptures, uh, Jesus was there on the beach with Peter. And three times he says to Peter, do you love me? And Peter three times says, Lord, you know I love you. And each time Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. You want to stay in love with God? Feed his sheep. Serve. Serve, care, do, feed his sheep. Literally, figuratively, physically, spiritually, feed God's sheep. That will help us to stay in love with God. And so, three simple rules. That's our commencement speech for today. Would you say them with me? Do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. So, Connection Church, commence. <laughs> Have a new beginning. Start fresh every single day or multiple times a day. That's the God that loves us. He gives us a chance to do that every single day. Be a fresh pebble in the pond. When you throw your pebble in that pond, we pray that it's Jesus-centered ripples, love ripples that just take over your home, your work, your school, your community, that makes a difference in the lives of people around you. Do that in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit who gives us everything that we need. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. And these three simple rules, they are simple, but when we think about it, they really aren't always easy. Help us do no harm with our words and our actions. Help us recognize when we might do harm and help us make it right. Guide us in areas where we can do good, make a difference, be a positive, have a positive ripple with someone who we know or don't know. And Lord, staying in love with you, well, really, that's our, our decision because you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to live and die and, and be uh, risen again to be with you. You give us Jesus here on earth and in heaven. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing us to worship here together and to praise your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.